Hey, Michigan, let's talk golf. Here's Mike Sullivan, the most inconsistent golfer ever. In your life have you seen anything like that? And Kyle Bogey, wait, how can a guy with that name host a golf show? We'll never know. Better than most. It's the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Powered by our presenting partner, Hall Financial. All right, another episode of the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast presented by our friends over at Hall Financial. By the way, Hall Financial, the most client-focused mortgage company in the industry and now covering the cost of your appraisal, saving you up to $750. Over the last two years, home values have drastically increased, which means you could be sitting on thousands of dollars in untapped home equity. Right now, cash out refinance could help you get thousands to pay off debt or start a remodeling project. As home values and interest rates continue to rise, don't wait until spring to get started. Take the next step. Chat with the five-star team at callhallfirst.com. Nearly 5,000 five-star reviews. Why would you go anywhere else? Here's one of their satisfied clients. Great experience with Hall Financial, very expedient process and timely responses from each member of the Hall Financial team I interacted with. Get started today. Chat with a mortgage expert now at callhallfirst.com or call 866-CALL-HALL. And a lot going on here uh, in the golf world, of course, uh, the Phil Mickelson stuff kind of taking center stage as Phil put out a statement apologizing, but kind of not apologizing and really um, announcing that he's going to be taking a step away, um, unfortunately, to to work on himself and make sure that he's being uh, the best man that he can be and best person he can be. Um, Kind of bizarre. I mean, it seemed like he was so adamant about, you know, the Saudi league and the PGA tour needs to, you know, change and they, they really need to be more player friendly and share their wealth and blah, blah, blah. Just very, very odd um, set of circumstances here. As Phil did an interview with some journalists, he claimed it was off the record. The journalist has him as proof that it was on the record. Uh, who knows? Uh, based on Phil's statement, it kind of just seems like he's more so annoyed um, that he's dealing with the backlash and the way that everything is being interpreted, but really ultimately doesn't, you know, take responsibility for much uh, and almost makes it seem like uh, he's not apologizing, even though the statement, again, was for him to kind of say that he's sorry. I, I don't really know what comes from this uh, or where this is ultimately going to head, but just a really bizarre set of circumstances for a guy who is an absolute legend uh, on the PGA Tour and somebody who has accomplished so much, even just last year, uh, winning the PGA Championship at Kiowa. I just not really sure how to react or really what to say, but you know, hopefully it all gets ironed out. You see all the current you know players, the current stars on the tour, really coming out against uh, what Phil had to say. So uh, you wonder what other fallout and maybe uh, you know relationship issues could potentially come from this, but. Um, no doubt, it just a very, very weird uh, set of circumstances. Of course, uh, you know, you can't have a conversation without uh, with Phil without having a conversation about Tiger. And of course, Tiger did his full interview at the Genesis, his tournament out at the Riv. Uh, Jim Nance pushed as hard as he possibly could to get some answers about what his future will look like, when he could be playing on the PGA Tour again, when he could be playing in majors uh, potentially again. And, you know, Tiger really said he doesn't know and you know it's going to be a lengthy period of time before he can actually get right and be to a point where he's ultimately back on the course and able to walk six consecutive days on undulations on on grass on you know hills on things like that because that is going to be the biggest 
thing that he has to kind of get over and, and handle um, before he's actually able to go out there and compete in a tournament. So uh, just, you know, interesting stuff all around. Obviously, it's good that Tiger just seems healthy, seems happy. Um, hopefully, he can get back in shape enough that, you know, he'll be competing here this season. I mean, that would be just a dream. I, I highly doubt he's going to be able to, you know, do it by the Masters. Uh, that would be just an absolute dream. But, you know, you, you never doubt Tiger. You have no idea how his body's going to respond or how he's just going to flat out say, you know what, I'm doing it. I don't care. I'll deal with the repercussions. Who knows? You know, and I guess that's something we'll all just kind of have to watch and see uh, as things kind of move forward. But, uh, guys, turn your love of blackjack, slots, and roulette into something even more special with DraftKings Casino. Okay, this week, new customers can get up to $50 in free credits just for signing up, plus a deposit bonus up to $2,000. The best part, it's all right on your phone or your desktop, so you can play from anywhere. DraftKings Casino has all the big-name casino games, plus exclusive offerings you can't find anywhere else. This includes an array of popular slot games, including Diamond Hearts, 88 Fortune, and Fire Buffalo. DraftKings, safe, secure, reliable, deposit, and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MDG to get up to $50 in free credits plus a deposit bonus on up to $2,000. That's promo code MDG only at DraftKings Casino. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 or older, Michigan only. Restrictions apply. Deposit and bonus amounts requires 15 times playthrough at various contribution rates. See DraftKings.com slash casino for details. And another fun interview that we have on the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast this week, presented by our friends at Hall Financial. Uh, we speak with uh, members of Arizona Golf. We have Ange Brown, the Managing Director of Outreach Programs, uh, and we have Ed, who is the Executive Director, and a great conversation on what Arizona Golf is, the offerings that they have, why you should go out and potentially visit, uh, and of course, we'll have more in the near future about a potential giveaway uh, and some sort of value for all of our members. Uh, here in Michigan. But hope you enjoy the conversation with Ed and Ange again of Arizona Golf, the Arizona Golf Association. Appreciate you guys listening. All right, well, like we said, uh, extremely uh, excited to welcome in a couple of uh, new guests to the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast presented by our friends over at Hall Financial. Uh, and this is uh, going to be a great conversation. We have two individuals from Arizona Golf joining us. We have Ed and Ange, uh, who represent Arizona Golf, are ready to discuss Arizona Golf. And from what I can understand, just prior to actually starting the recording, it sounds like they may or may not have an offer for Metro Detroit Golfers as well. So uh, welcome to, uh, to the podcast. And of course, I look forward to hearing more about what you guys do with Arizona Golf. How are we doing today? We are great. Thank you so much for having us. Awesome. Well, I guess for starters, um, if you could just kind of shed some light on on what it is specifically you do uh, with Arizona Golf. I, I myself just got back from Scottsdale. My uh, Mike and I just got back from the Waste Management Open, which was an unbelievable experience. I can't believe I waited 32 years to go to it. Um, and I will be back every single year until I'm, I'm not in another this world. quarter of a million people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. It, it really is. But um, if you could just share some detail on what exactly you guys do with Arizona Golf. Well, uh, that's an easy one. And 
we won't take too much time, but we are like the Michigan Golf Association. We're the Arizona Golf Association, the Arizona Golf Foundation. We have a for-profit subsidiary. And unlike most Northern Golf Associations, our job is to promote and grow the game. So we do hundreds of different things. And our, our core business is championships and handicap system and that sort of thing. But uh, Ange has been developing an outreach program, her title, and we do travel groups. We have uh, about 50 people going to Scotland for the 150th Open over there this summer. Uh, we travel down to Mexico four times a year. We take groups down there and we entertain about 600,000 different visitors who play golf when they come to Arizona in the wintertime. So we're involved in everything and with about everybody here, courses, uh, promotions, uh, PGA Superstore, Vans Golf, um, all sorts of different people doing different things. If you ask us at any point in time, we probably have about a dozen balls in the air. <laughs> that's good. It's always good to be busy, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's excellent. Uh, I guess if you could, just for anyone who hasn't, you know, experienced uh, golf in uh, in Arizona, I was, like I said, just in Arizona, but, you know, didn't get a chance to golf this time around, got to watch golf, which was uh, an exciting experience. But what is the golf like uh, in and around, uh, you know, where you guys are? Well, we have 365 days of golf here every year. Uh, jealous. I'm jealous. That is one of the draws of Arizona. Of course, you know, about three months in the summer, it's a little warmer than most people like, uh, but we still have great golf courses to play. Um, and it's generally easier to get a golf, a tee time in the summer months. Um, now this time of year is, is a little bit more expensive than you can find as we get into the shoulder season, shoulder season in April and May. Um, and then of course, some great, great prices in the, in the summer months. You know, a lot of That's, people from Southern California come over here in the summer because our resorts are, you know, like some of yours, very upscale, very expensive. Golf is expensive. We have uh, uh, public golf courses here that are upper end public. They're right now getting over $400 around because of the demand. You know, we have uh, 100,000 uh, golfers in our membership group. There are about 500,000 residents who play at golf, probably about a third of those are active, but we have 600,000 visitors who come here to play golf. So uh, we could use 900 golf courses. We just don't have the water for it. <laughs> no, nah, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's funny when you talk about golf and the affordability and all of that. I, I feel like people here in Michigan don't really, I, I don't think under, until you travel to a different state, you don't understand the value um, of golf here in Michigan because uh, it is as affordable, I think, as you're going to find because you, you travel to Florida, you travel to Arizona, wherever it may be, and it does go up. And, you know, that I mean, obviously, there's demand for it and totally understand it. But, um, you know, here in Michigan, I, there are, you know, people will scoff at paying $100, uh, you know, to play a nice course. And it's like, guys, I don't think you really understand, uh, you know, how good we have it uh, here in the state of Michigan. But um, that, that's really exciting to hear, though. Obviously, you have an engaged audience and certainly a lot of people in state, not a state that want to come in and, uh, and enjoy themselves. As far as growing the game and, and what we've seen over the last couple of years, because, you know, that's really our, our vested interest as well is just to grow the game, expand it, make it accessible, make it fun. Uh, whether you're a private golfer, public golfer, it really doesn't matter. But what have you seen over the last couple of years as far as how golf is changing and the, the 
everyday golfer maybe that you're attracting um what are you seeing from that standpoint as far as growing the game well we could go back about uh 35 years to the point where the skins game was at desert highlands which really opened up arizona to golf tourism uh seeing the i mean spectacular sunsets and the you know the cactus and uh everything else that makes arizona golf interesting and different uh that attracts people it's also a little bit harder game to play out here. Uh, it's not unusual for a, a person to go to one of the difficult desert courses and, you know, you come out of the winter, you haven't played in a couple of months and you tee it up on this fantastic landscape. And uh, a dozen balls later, you're making the turn and going back into the golf shop for a, a little, a little more ammunition. It is a lot of fun though. The, uh, the visuals are spectacular. On the average golf course, you can see 25 or 30 miles. And wow. with the mountains around the valley, as you saw, uh, and a lot of the golf courses are built on the slopes of the valley. So you can see right across the valley up into the mountains, it's um, spectacular visually. And then it's whether or not you really, um, how good a player you are uh, as to which courses you'd enjoy more than others. We don't have many traditional golf courses at all. Most of our courses that are uh, available in the winter for the public are desert courses. And it's a, a, an interesting experience, let's say. But here, well, I, go ahead. Like, uh, like everywhere else, we saw some, some major growth in the game here. We grew by a little over 10% over the last couple of years, uh, which is phenomenal. That means there's a lot of people coming back to the game or that are new to the game. And so we're really looking at creating programs that help those newer golfers or returning golfers feel more comfortable on the golf course. And that also can get around the golf course in a decent amount of time. Pace of play is very, very important to us here um, as it is in most places. But as you can imagine, uh, in the winter months, we're fighting daylight. We don't have very many hours uh, of light. And so the golf courses want to get as many people out there as they possibly can. And we want everyone to have an enjoyable experience. So we really work on etiquette. Ed does these great rules of the month videos. Um, they've been putting some etiquette in them recently, and they're really great to help that pace of play, help those golfers feel more comfortable around the golf course and, and get around quickly. Well, that's fascinating. I mean, it, it, it's interesting, especially for beginner golfers. I mean, we've seen a huge spike here in Michigan as well. I have friends personally who just picked up the game and, you know, are trying to work their way around a course and figure out what exactly all of this means. And, you know, there are people who just, you, some people just don't know, you know, they, you don't know that, you know, if you're going to park the cart, park it over on the way next to the other hole, you know, make exactly. sure you're taking multiple clubs, you know, little things like that, that can really add up because it only takes one group to slow everything down. And then all of a sudden everyone's playing in four and a half, almost five hours. And, and that is one of the biggest complaints I think you get in the game of golf, but it, it's, it's fascinating to see the growth of the game. I don't really have to tell you guys, I guess, because you just saw, I think golf is, is embracing a, a younger um, uh, fun audience. I think you could say that, especially after what transpired on the 16th hole at the waste management open, uh, I guess, how are you guys embracing, you know, that where you don't need, you know, beers being thrown all the time on the, the greens during a PGA Tour event, but it, it is a fun audience. It's an audience that's changing. It's evolving. And if you're going to get more casual social golfers who want to go out there and have a drink and, and you know, dink and dunk it around, you got to embrace and have fun with them, too. 
we're always looking to grow our social golf audience. Uh, we have several programs for that social golfer. We have some just for fun events where we take uh, people outside the Phoenix metro area to other parts of our state so that they can play some fantastic golf courses at a great rate that we've negotiated. Um, they get to see some courses that they may not otherwise get to see because usually they're, they're private, um, very private and, and exclusive golf courses. We also have our scramble days, which are on Saturdays or Sundays. All uh, They usually start in April and go through October. Those are two-person scrambles. So you don't have to be a fantastic golfer on your own. You can be a fantastic golfer as a team. Um, and they have a lot of fun doing those. Those have been really popular. We're also really trying to grow our under 30 audience. So we've been reaching out to our under 30 member or under 30 potential members through uh, other organizations. We've been really promoting through social media, uh, our under 30 club. And we've started having events for those under 30 members, helping them to include golf as a, as a business networking experience. We have these happy hour golf clinics that target our area chambers of commerce and their young professional groups. Uh, really, it, it pairs uh, them learning the, the basics of golf through a clinic type first hour and then a networking um, adult beverage second hour. <laughs> you know, the sounds other that, part of what we're sounds doing, up my alley. Go ahead. You know, yeah. thanks, to, thanks to Ange and Chris Montgomery. Uh, we've done quite a bit of promotion along the lines of your business, and it's been very successful in opening people's eyes. We, we did a number of surveys about uh, 10 years ago that indicated that the average golfer, the person who wasn't a serious competitor, knew courses within about five miles of where they lived. And people in Chicago knew more about golf courses in Arizona than Arizona residents did. <laughs> we started this education program about learn what's around you as a golfer and what your opportunities are. And that's one of the things we'd like to offer to your audience is that, uh, we have a $10 membership for a month where we can give you information up front, connect you with golf courses where you're going to visit, um, give you a gift certificate to get you started for that second dozen balls you need in your first round, <laughs> and those kinds of things. Kind of like embracing everybody who wants to come and play Arizona golf. Well, that's fantastic. I've, I've heard... Um... You know, and certainly the Metro Detroit golfers community is uh, will be very appreciative of that. We'll, we'll certainly work through the details and make sure we do a special uh, giveaway, get that offer taken care of. We'll certainly do that, um, you know, offline after we're done recording. But I, I've heard um, I've heard that in Arizona, because the desert has so many rocks and, you know, various things in it. Are you offered a separate like used club when you go out there to play golf? Or are you expected to use your nice clubs? What? How does that work? Because I've heard you can get one. Well, people do have a desert club. Uh, that's, what, that's what it's called, yeah. Like, uh, a play it again sports or, you know, something used out of goodwill. And they use, only use that club out of the desert. Me, I just pick the least expensive club in my bag. And that's the one I usually use. It's usually a wedge. Now, we'll, we'll give you a little commercial here for an Arizona company called Ping. And if you have Ping clubs, it's very easy to buff out those dings. <laughs> Yeah, I have one ping club, my my ping driving iron. I would never uh, no, let, it, let it go into harm's way. Yeah, yeah. No. couldn't do that. Well, I, what, I guess one more thing from me, you know, since it sounds like obviously you want to welcome people to Arizona, but I, I also think it's cool that you offer, you know, members that are in Arizona, certainly trips and things to do. You mentioned you're going to Alabama. 
and uh, in, in potentially Michigan, uh, which I, I think we can we can help you guys out if you want to figure uh, a plan or put a plan together, whatever it may be. But what what is the trip look like? I guess what is that experience that you put together? Say as we're talking about you going to Alabama with uh, with several members. Sure. So um, our trip is for forty people. And it does not include air transportation. So we just ask everybody to get there on a specific day. We do provide uh, all transportation from the airport to the hotel and then from the hotel to all of the golf courses. And then in the evenings, we provide bus transportation to the downtown core um, so that people can eat at some nice restaurants, different restaurants each evening. Uh, it includes four rounds of golf and a reception on the opening evening just so people can mix and mingle and get to know one another and see who's on the trip um and then just a lot of fun and some prizes well that's fantastic um sounds like something i would want to do uh yeah. well, to both really of you fun. we just did a trip last month actually to tpc donzante bay on the islands of loreto in mexico oh, and wow. on our reception we did a fabulous tequila tasting uh, it really was a lot of fun and it was a great opportunity for all the people on the trip to get to know one another and experience some of what the local culture had to offer. Well, that's fantastic. Um, you know, obviously want to make sure that, you know, we follow up and, and follow through on doing some sort of offer, some sort of, uh, you know, giveaway, whatever it may be, um, you know, to our community would, would be happy to share that. And I think everyone would be excited uh, to <laughs> learn a little bit more about it, but uh, Ed, yeah, and appreciate a lot of information. Now uh, we'll uh, uh, inundate you with uh, information for your folks, and then uh, perfect. We'll give you a couple of offers too that we can uh, we can help you guys with. And then awesome. you know when it comes to us coming your way in another year, um, we've done this uh, in Ireland and Scotland. What we'd like to do is set it up with our 40, 35 to 40 players uh, with people you know there. And let's have a competition at two or three different golf courses. You know, we like to do that where the maybe the losers buy dinner and the uh, and we have some uh, little prizes like styrofoam etched styrofoam cups for the winners. And we just like to have a lot of fun. I think that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. There, I mean, like you said earlier, uh, Ange, there's nothing better than networking and being able to meet people in the golf world. There's so much business and so many good things that that go on just by meeting people, um, you know, whether it's at country clubs, public courses, whatever, a hundred percent. Absolutely fantastic. Cocktail hour. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't like to engage in that. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, we you and the, the other time. people at the Phoenix open. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, appreciate the time. Obviously we'll, uh, we'll be connecting more in the future and uh, look forward to setting up that, that tournament, uh, you know, that we're going to do Arizona versus Michigan should be exciting. Thanks guys. Perfect. Thank you so much.